This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers and happiness curators interested in tools, tips, and remedies coming from the wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda. I am Kelly Marie Mills from Yoga Ayurveda Living. Welcome to my happy place. This is Series 7, Episode 1. You are on a meander into the basis of the chakra system. If you want to skip to next Tuesday's episode, which is actually on Chakra 1, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, this is actually an explanation of the overall view of how the chakra system works in a holistic view of Yoga and Ayurveda. So we begin. We start with an open-top bus tour. Did you ever get a chance to do one of those? Oh my goodness. I just find that they're amazing. I had a chance to do this twice. Well, actually four times. Twice in Edinburgh and twice in London. I think my karma wanted to repeat something there. But when I was thinking about it, I think it was more about the freedom of not having to make decisions about where I would visit. And today I think this is what you're getting. A bit of an open bus top, top, an open Open top bus tour (laughs) of the chakra system, the overall view. But first of all, I really want to thank those of you who have rated and recently reviewed this podcast. Sorry, I'm really tripping over words. I can't explain how kind I think you are to give me great ratings and such lovely reviews. I know how much it can take to place your words into a space online, so I'm really very grateful. And for me, this podcast is a bit of karma yoga. And karma yoga is a way of healing our heart, healing the core of ourselves, and healing continuous repetitive patterns. So I have been trying to do karma yoga for a long, long time. And it is a continuous lesson in doing something I love without expectation of approval, appreciation, monetary gain, to be loved or to be liked, anything like that, that there is no expectation in what I do to have an open hand in the things that I do. But I specifically was hoping to aim this podcast towards that. And I think that's been key to how heartfelt it hits when I hear your voice back to me, whether and including it's the wonderful kind reviews, the high ratings, the WhatsApp messages, the little donations that are so generous, the emails, and just any way that you communicate it to me that you are enjoying this. And some of you actually tell me face-to-face, which is just so wonderful. But for most of us, we are often doing karma yoga and don't recognize it as such. But it is that random act of kindness, that voluntary work, the effort we do for things that we care about, for those that we love, And then as we deepen our focus and look to why we do this or that, the key starts to turn and the cogs skip a beat. And here we can apply a new fold to an old action, an old action of kindness. You can consider your actions like this, perhaps. I am practicing this effort, and so just include whatever it is you are doing without expectation of something, or rather, without any expectation of something in return, placing that there. I am practicing this effort because I want to do this for all of us. 
I am practicing this to offer what I can to the wider world of goodness. I am practicing this effort like the earth offers trees and summer breezes, mountain tops and oceans, because it is what she does. I am practicing this because I am here and I am blessed. I am practicing this because it is what I do. And I do want to say, because I had gone for, I had written this and then I had gone for a walk and I thought, does it sound a bit uppity that I'm like, oh, I'm doing karma yoga. Oh yeah, I'm so amazing. That's not actually, that's not actually how I feel about it. But sometimes I think I say things and it comes out like, oh, I'm so amazing. Um, I don't think I'm amazing at all. I think that there was an innate part of me that really wanted to put out Ayurveda and yoga together. And I know it's a little bit of a di digression and how this podcast began to unfold. But it is to say that in my search for karma yoga, which I had been doing, I had always done volunteer work and was always trying to really investigate karma yoga, having um, used the Bhagavad Gita as a part of my learning of yoga. It was always karma yoga came back to me. It is just another form of a yoga practice. And you can do a yoga practice with karma yoga. You can actually stand on your mat and do karma yoga by actually being on the mat and having no expectation of anything. You can stand in mountain pose for 10 minutes and not expect anything. You can be in downward dog and not expect to feel better or to feel worse or to have any practice at all. It's just to be in that moment very present to all that is. And that drive of being able to be like Mother Earth, being as you are doing what you do for the sake of this life, this dharma, this moment. So I, I hope I've explained that properly. But what I was trying to get to was that I know that um, karma yoga can help heal old wounds. Mostly it can help heal ourselves. And now I see the benefit of how karma yoga can change our internal core processors. Not that we're anything like computers, but I find that that's kind of a, an interesting way of putting it. Because thankfully, as humans, we feel, and it's a pretty wild thing when you realize how lucky you actually are in that moment where you suddenly hear someone saying something about your work or something you've offered, and you really put it out just as, you know, I hope that this goes somewhere into open arms. And even then, there is expectation and that is in there. So karma yoga is tricky, you know, but... It increases our inquiry, it develops our awareness, and this is where yoga goes mostly, is developing awareness of self. Self-study is a huge priority in a yoga practice. Okay, so enough procrastination. We're going to start with my best friend, the chakra system. It is how my own journey into yoga teaching began, was through the chakra system. A chakra itself means a wheel and a wheel of energy. It's a part of our whole being. It is only a small, small part of a great field of study in the knowledge of life. And here we find this material body is the most gross expression and manifestation of each individual body, mind, spirit. When we combine yoga and Ayurveda, we begin to see great clarity in the use of the word holistic, meaning not just this body, not just this breath, not just this mind or emotion, not just this wisdom, and not just this consciousness. 
We are talking the whole being. I'm sure some of you remember back in the day, the old encyclopedia books or those big, huge tomes of information. And sometimes I know that they have more modern ones now. Actually, they're kind of hard to find online. I'd say you have to go on an app or something. But sometimes, you know, these books, they'd hold those little weird bugs, the silverfish things that eat paper. They're kind of icky, but, you know, they're kind of cute and you can't really kill them because you really feel sorry for them. Oh, well, that was when I was very young. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds really non-yogic, try and kill them. <laughs> I used to be afraid of them when I was nine. <laughs> so my father's, I'm going to skip right over that. My father's encyclopedias back in 1972 had a lot of those little bugs in them by the time I came to look at them. And of course, I started at A and somehow I came up into anatomy. Imagine that, nine years old. And they had these translucent plastic pages that... They would show you first the bones and you turn the next page and then it was the skeletal system in moderate detail and you turn the next page and the ligaments, muscles, tendons, cardiovascular, respiratory, all that. So each one was layered upon each other until at the very end you see the skin as the outer layer, it being the last envelope of our body, the container supporting and protecting our internal body, our vital organs and our essence of life. The science of Ayurveda and yoga sees this body from a whole different beginning. We do not start with the physical because we are birthed from a spark of unity of two souls. We are born of light. And so when we come from consciousness, movement, heat, moisture, material substance, these five Mahabhutas, these five elements, so our system unites and becomes more defined from that initial spark. We become this soul seeking information and knowledge to overcome our karmas, to overcome and transcend or let go of our crutches, our limiting beliefs, our conditioned patterns. And many of these things were given to us. They could be, you know, cultural, they could be familial, they could be ancestral. But remember, in Ayurveda and yoga, there is no fault associated with understanding. What we find is that understanding helps us to find a path to freedom. When we go down the road of association, connecting it to a fault or someone to blame, this leads us to a path of emotional and mental bondage, which is the opposite of freedom. And that is only kind of the, the perfect scenario. It's for people that have kind of moderate instances of familiar things. It goes much deeper when there are deep traumas. So I'm not trying to lighten anything. This is just an Ayurvedic and yoga view of how these things work. So if you need to ask me anything, I just want to make sure. If you want any clarity at any time, just send me an email. So I'm going to give you two different emails, and I'll have them in the show notes too. But Kelly at yogaayurvedaliving.com is one way of connecting with me, or kellymariemills1 at gmail.com, as in one the number. I really love hearing from you guys, and you can meet me on Instagram. And oh yeah, um, I start soon another competition for, actually, another competition for the Shiradara treatments on my Instagram page, at kelly underscore marie underscore mills. 
This is in February 2022, if I don't edit this out, just in case you're like listening to this in 2023. <laughs> so um, maybe I'll have to do it yearly just to not have to edit this. <laughs> I don't like going back into the past. The chakras are seven energy centers where a whole lot of stuff happens. And these centers can help to point towards ways of healing ourselves. And I love it when I can look after myself. I love it when I can find ways to tweak my health, especially my mental health, my emotional health. Small little tweaks of awareness of our mindset through meditation, pratyahara, physical balance, breathing. And if you think there's one of those that's more important than the others, then you're right. But which one? Awareness, yeah. I did say that, yeah. So awareness, our mindset, our meditation, yeah. Most of yoga and Ayurveda is about awareness. Where are your feet now? How is your small finger? Which nostril are you breathing out of? Can you feel your right eyelid? Where in your body are you breathing from? Without judgment, just noticing. And how does that feel? Breathe in, and then breathe out. Here you are. Like I keep saying, yoga and Ayurveda are coming from a spiritual practice of self-evolution. Most humans are spiritually inclined, but of course, in various and wild ways. Yoga and Ayurveda found spirituality through the study of the Sankhya system, and it's a system of enumeration. The beginning really comes from pure consciousness, it being the field of life itself. Pure consciousness is the precursor to the moment life begins. Because we are a part of this field of pure consciousness, because we come from it, we are always one with it. It's just that as humans, we forget 99% of the time. But pure consciousness gives us many opportunities to open into the truth of our life, our dharma, compassion, unconditional love. We have plenty of time in our life to create our own joy and sacred moments. With different awareness, looking at a book, lighting a fire, sweeping the floor, scrubbing dirty boots, picking flowers, walking in the grass, all depending on bringing the sacred in all can be sacred, depending on the attribute to which we offer these daily tasks. We use our slow and methodical personal development, or what yoga calls self-study, or internal inquiry, as a way to connect into a journey towards our innate potential, our limitlessness, our power of kundalini. We do not need to be a leader of spiritual awakening to have such evolution meet our lives. Like I was trying to express, probably not so great at the beginning of this episode, I found my effort for learning karma yoga seems to have found its way after many years to meet me in strength. It was through an inquiry to why I'm always so grateful and appreciate the effort taken by those who thank me for this podcast. It was that that I realized karma yoga has changed my view too. And it's a really small example. 
the simple daily practices we hold dear to our heart and share with others, it is this that gives us the most heartfelt benefit. Do you know what I mean? I kind of get all tangled in knots then when I think about this podcast and, you know, I do my bit of advertising and I think I said that already. Jeez, I'm repeating myself. Sorry. Uh, it's just I have to let that voice go too. We can't over-examine everything. There is a part of our personality mind that wants to pick at everything and nitpick and nitpick again. A part of discernment is to say, let that go. Come to the heart of this practice, whatever it is you're doing. Come to the whole heart of it. Allow the personality mind to try to nitpick and come back into the heart of that practice that you offer. And you are here with it. A large part of what is important about the chakra system is that it's connected to the nadis. I know, yeah, it's kind of getting a bit bigger, but just hang on, hold on in there. This amazing energy matrix called the nadis is the flow of our subtle fluid energy field. It's the connection to our spark of birth, our unity to the universal life itself. So it's mega important. You can think of it as your personal subtle body. And you can also consider it, this is a part of your aura. Because our subtle body extends out beyond this physical body, and for anyone that this doesn't sit well with their belief system, the kind of poo-poo it and say, I don't believe in any of that stuff, I'm just going to say to you, and you can remind anyone, just think when someone comes very close to you and you want to step back away from them. It feels like they are in your personal space, but they may only be four or six inches away from you. But in fact, they are moving into your subtle energy body at that stage. Our subtle energy, causal energy, actually goes out nine inches from our body, so it actually feels a bit uncomfortable. That is, unless you welcome them with open arms and an open intention. And sometimes we can feel uncomfortable with certain attributes of a person far away from us. We suddenly want to leave the room or duck and dive to keep ourselves free from their energy field. Their own aura is overpowering. And the more sensitive you grow, the more you learn to honor the inner notification, the ping in your mind, the ping in your gut, the more you understand that your body has a deeper inner wisdom than your personality mind could ever get to. The more we listen, the more we understand. It is the quieter practices of yoga that give us this hearing aid. Pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, breathing, quieting the senses, concentration, meditation, all heal our overactive mind and allow our inner voice to show up more, reducing emotional responses. For today, what we need to know is that the nadis are channels in a vast, subtle communication system within and around each being. This system connects to the main energy centers of the energetic body. And the energetic centers happen to correlate with the physical... So the energetic centers are the chakras, and they happen to correlate with the physical body's endocrine system, or the glands. The glands and the hormones and the hypothalamus functions. But for all that it relates to in the physical body, I just want to put out a word of warning. Make no mistake, the chakras are not something that can be balanced by physical manipulations. They are only energetic. And in my mind, <laughs> they are our superpower. <laughs> I know I'm joking really because, you know, they're not really a superpower, but they can actually really enlighten us and lighten us. 
they are an internal force that we can combine with our awareness, our personality awareness, our discerning awareness, our beautiful soulful intention, and bring up a deep driving desire, and things can manifest beyond what our personality mind believes is possible. That's why I think they're a superpower. So just to add a little bit more to that last statement, because I do believe that there's often not enough said about this, Ayurveda and yoga see the physical body as one small aspect of the larger being that we all are. In the larger view, we have three bodies, three shariras. We have the material, the subtle, and the causal. The subtle body is sandwiched between the two others, and there's no doubt to me that it is not just a fluke. You know, the universe doesn't do fluke very well. I mean, if there's a fluke, I, I, I can't, you know... Maybe it was a fluke that I found yoga, but I don't think so. But (laughs) the subtle body can help change everything. Everything. So, an easy example. You go to a yoga class and you enjoy it. And your teacher asks you to try and begin a small practice at home for yourself. You get excited and you start. And then you do a few days and you have maybe a few weeks where you do twice a week at home. Then suddenly life gets busy and there's a nagging in the back of your mind like a little tiny voice trying to perk up now and again, almost unheard, but you definitely hear it, but you try and ignore it and it keeps saying, can we do that yoga again today? It felt really good. Can we try it? Can we try the meditation? Can we, can we maybe just stop here and breathe a bit? Can we, can we do this? Can we do that? I want to do this again. And remember that this is your discernment, your subtle energy body showing up. This is your chakra system saying, knock, 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 time to wake up, because your body has found something that it loves, that it responds to. This energetic body is wanting to be held, discovered, and opened into your own amazing awareness. And it doesn't matter how long it takes, it comes at the right time, Whenever you find a way back into the subtle body awareness, it doesn't matter what way you find it. Maybe you do Tai Chi, maybe you do cold water swimming, maybe you, you know, climb mountains, whatever it is, it's not all about yoga. It's about finding that space where you find your subtle energy rises and lifts and you feel like you are connected. When we connect from physical to subtle and into the causal, This causal body is a part of us that is the effervescence of life itself. It is our limitlessness. We suddenly feel like we are breathing beyond breath. It is our biggest cheerleader. It is the knowing of oneness. It is where there is no thought. And I've heard lots of people say that when they, you know, and that's why I said mountain climbing because I've recently met mountain climbers and I've recently met, well, I've met a lot of ocean swimmers because I live in Galway. I don't do that. But, you know, I, I came from the Pacific. I just couldn't do the Atlantic. But yeah, and they find that it's that clarity going into the ocean. Everything becomes silent. That's it. And that is that connection where we don't actually veer off once we can reconnect. I would like to say we can reconnect every day. That would be the goal. That would be something that we could try for. And the, the chakras, they live through the subtle body and they communicate through our whole being. The chakras are an integral part of our whole health and they are constantly relaying messages from the causal body, subtle body, physical body. 
If our chakras are deeply out of balance, the residual effect shows in our material body. It shows in the five elements, the three doshas, and of course, the body systems. And there are three ways of healing from this. Starting with the physical body, you know, a lot of people could try and start through forcing themselves to eat better and not really looking after the mind-emotion aspect. But when you go the other way and you start with the mind-emotion aspect towards food, and then you add on the spiritual, soulful aspect of why do we eat such and such a thing? What connects us to this? What detracts us from this? What really helps us to feel good? What is wholesome? Then we come into that aspect of connecting into the inspiration of life. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. It's hard to know when you don't have someone talking to you. So, <laughs> um, sorry. Okay, so this is how Ayurveda works, though. This is how we use Ayurveda in yoga. This is what I try and bring across in my yoga classes, is I'm trying to give tools to people, you know, that Nadi Shodhana can really be one of the biggest healers because Nadi Shodhana is purifying the Nadis. It's actually taking the kinks out of the Nadis and helping the energetic body flow so that the communication system to the chakra system is working fluidly. And this will inform the physical body, this will inform the causal body. And that means we are connecting to that oneness. We are connecting to the inspiration of life when the subtle body is free of any kinks. It's amazing, isn't it? This is why I love Ayurveda and yoga. I just can't, I just think the science of it is so clear. We use the subtle body as a means to reach into our patterns and conditionings, which affects our material body. And at the same time, we take information from our causal body, inspiration, you see. We continue to use the inspiration to give us intention. And this creates fluid energy from our life source. And the healing begins before we even realize it. How healing shows up is very different for everyone and their karma and the timing in which we bring the healing in, whatever it is. So I think that's enough information today. Next week we cover Chakra 1. And what does feeling uprooted, what does a global pandemic do to Chakra 1? Think of how an earthquake affects a house of cards. It all depends on the foundations it was placed upon. But <laughs> that should be fun next week. And don't forget to have a look at my yoga teacher training starting in April. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to rate this podcast or even review it, that would be fabulous. When you do either of those, it helps the podcast go out to more like-minded people. And you could share it to a friend, but, you know, gosh, share it to even not friends. Uh, share it to groups. You can connect to me through any of the links in the show notes. And most of all, I really look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Bye for now.